Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Social Ninjas Podcast. Where your hosts, Kyle and Jeremy, have vulnerable conversations with the most successful entrepreneurs in the world to learn how they created and maintained an optimal mental health while building a thriving business. If you are an entrepreneur in the early stages of building your business who wants to learn techniques, tips, and tricks to improve your mental health to keep you and your business running smoothly, you're in the right spot. Quick disclaimer before starting the show. Kyle, Jeremy, and the guests they bring on the show are not health professionals, and what they say should not be used in place of a replacement of medication or your doctor. Enjoy the show! Hello, wonderful listeners. This is Kyle Mitchell here. We also have a Jeremy Green. We have a Jeremy Green? Whoa. There is more than one. (laughs) Anyway, we also have a very special guest with us, and her name is Rebecca Zung. How's it going, Rebecca? I'm good. How are you? Doing well on this evening with you. Um, looking forward to talking more and exploring more on what you do. I, I know a little bit. I know you're a narcissist negotiation expert, top 1% attorney. Can you tell us a little bit more about you know what you do? And yeah, let's go for, we'll just go from there. Yeah, it's a funny thing that I teach people how to negotiate with narcissists, um, but that's what I do. Um, And I, you know, I really just started about a year and a half ago that that's kind of, it all took off. Um, And, you know, I started doing, I, I did one or two videos on YouTube just to kind of test out, you know, to see how it would go. And my channel just kind of blew up and, um, you know, that's, uh, where I am today. Um, and, you know, I have courses and it's completely taken over my life. I don't practice law or anything anymore. This is all I do all day long is this. And I, I'm the only lawyer on the planet that is teaching people how to do this. Uh, there's a huge need for it. The statistics are somewhere between 10 and 16 people on the planet are, either are narcissistic or have narcissistic tendencies or traits. So there's not one of us on the planet that isn't affected by people who have these personality traits. And so, and we are all negotiating all day long, whether it's an actual deal for, you know, a car or a pay raise or something, or just, you know, in regular life, uh, so it's it's a skill that we all definitely need. And, you know, I've been negotiating through my law practice for many years. And I, I came really to this, this area, though, kind of by accident, by realizing that I was dealing with narcissists in my own life, one as a business partner and one as a, in, in my family. I've never been married to a narcissist. People... Um, often mistakenly say that in my bios and, and all that sort of thing. And, um, my poor husband, I have to like always defend him and say, no, my husband's not a narcissist. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, no, uh, but I've definitely had to deal with them. So that's, that's kind of, that's it in a nutshell. 
Beautiful nutshell. I'm really curious, just jumping right in, like how do you negotiate with a narcissist or maybe start mm. with what is a narcissist? How do you identify one? Yeah. So basically it's the most insecure person on the planet. It's a person who has no sense of self and, you know, they, they really are in constant survival mode. So it's, you know, if I give anything to anyone, therefore I won't have. And so somewhere in their childhood or something, and, you know, I'm not a psychologist, but I've had, you know, opportunity to study this and really learn about it. And somewhere in their childhood, they came to believe that the world is a scary place. And if they give at all that they, they, they somehow won't have. And so they, uh, it manifests itself in a person who has um, no sense of inner value. They don't have any feeling of value within themselves. And uh, so therefore they have no sense of care, compassion, or feeling of empathy for other people. And so, you know, it doesn't make for a very charming or um, great person to be around or be in relationship with. So you said you just got started doing this about a year, year and a half ago. Was it your personal experiences with uh, narcissists that got you into like, you know what, I want to start talking about that or how did that come about? Yeah. So what happened was, I mean, I've been... Um, you know, I came up uh, through the ranks as a, a an attorney uh, doing divorce, and I did high net worth divorce. I represented, you know, billionaires, celebrities, all that sort of thing for a long time. And so I've I've been doing negotiations. I've been teaching on negotiation for a long time. I've studied negotiation. I've written. A book on negotiation. I've lectured on negotiation. I was the keynote speaker at the American Bar Association on negotiation. So certainly this is an area that I've talked about for a long time. Uh, so th that part of it was not a new area for me. And one of the things I had noticed is that the, the last several years, people have switched from you know, my wife is crazy, my husband is controlling, to everyone is a narcissist. You know, that's kind of the word of the day now. And, you know, whether you're, you know, dealing with it in divorce or business, it really doesn't matter because, you know, the, the type of negotiations that I was dealing with, it's, there was a lot of business component to it uh, anyway. And, um, you know, so, and people are people, so it really doesn't matter. Uh, and, and so, um, you know, I, I've been dealing with, you know, narcissistic types of people and negotiations for a long time, but about four years ago, I decided to merge my practice with two other guys. And I decided I want to focus on doing other things. And, you know, um, my husband and I decided to divide our time between LA and Florida, my daughter, was just starting high school and um, I wanted to spend more time with her. And, uh, you know, that's when I wrote my second book. And, um, 
you know, and that was when I ended up, um, you know, meeting this other person and deciding, well, maybe I'll, I'll do some other things. And I ended up in a relationship, a business relationship that didn't go very far, uh, thank God. And, and it was a small business that didn't end up making any money. But um, I ended up in this situation where I was like very confused because it was, it, it was, I was constantly um, feeling um, like what's going on. And it was like this, it, it was like passive aggressive. And um, I, I mean, I just didn't know what was happening all the time. And this person seemed really, really nice to the rest of the world. And I, I you know, I just didn't really understand what was happening. And um, at the same time, my husband and I were also dealing with a family member who was similar, very similar. And um, my husband and I also had occasion to be with uh, a friend who uh, is a guy who's a clinical psychologist, a doctorate, and, and he was said to us, um, you know, these people that you're dealing with, they are covert narcissists. And he goes on to explain to us what a covert passive aggressive narcissist is. And I started like reading all about this and I, I had no idea. I'd never heard this term before, a covert narcissist. I mean, to me, a narcissist was a boastful, bragging, fill the room, tell everybody how great they are. That's what a narcissist to me was. I, I had never heard of a covert narcissist before. I never, you know, to me, when this person mentioned that, you know, this term, I was like, no, 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 not, no they're not a narcissist. So I mean, what's, a, what's a covert narcissist? I have to know. <laughs> yeah. So a covert narcissist is, I mean, they're still narcissistic in the sense that they, have no sense of self and no sense of empathy, but they, they're much better at hiding it to the rest of the world. They seem very nice. They, um, they're much more charming. They, they use different types of tactics. They're much more passive aggressive. Um, you know, they, uh, they, they gaslight you, uh, much more, uh, in private. There's like the undertones of digs and, um, it's, it's much more stealth. It's, it's actually much more insidious. It's much more passive aggressive. It's, it's actually much, much worse in a lot of ways. Um, and, um, so I, um, started reading about this and, you know, like I, I, I had this one book that I was like reading on the plane right after this. And I, I'm like reading it going, Oh my God, Oh my God. I'm like saying this stuff out loud. And so I started realizing that I could take what I was learning about narcissism and these people and how they think and how they, and what motivates them and what drives them and apply it to what I already understood about how to, um, you know, what, what motivates it and, and, um, and incentivizes people in negotiations in general and actually you know, marry the two and, um, and, and really come up with strategies for negotiating with narcissists. And so I started at the time I was still practicing law and, uh, I was, I started to see movement in my cases and I actually started to see, 
you know, malignant, narcissist, horrible people get incentivized and motivated to want to come to the table and actually resolve these cases. And I thought, I'm onto something here. And um, that's, so I came up with the SLAY program, which is uh, strategy, leverage, anticipating, and focusing on you. So it's my SLAY methodology, SLAY your negotiation. Um, and I started doing YouTube videos. And in a year and a half, I have almost 200,000 subscribers and 12 million views. And, you know, it's, it's been insane, you know, how it's blown up. So I'm curious, is, is someone's a narcissist or covert narcissist? Are they always one or can they shift? You know, I've asked, I've had, I've interviewed a lot of different psychologists and I even interviewed Bandy Lee, who's a psychiatrist, pretty well-known psychiatrist. And I've asked them these questions and, you know, the answer is that they can change, but of course they have to want to, they have to be self-aware, they have to be willing, they have to get to that place where they would actually go to the, the psychiatrist or psychologist's office and be willing to take criticism and uh, take the direction. And very few, very few do. So um, the answer is, if you are in a relationship whether business or personal with this kind of person, I wouldn't hold out for that. I would, you know, probably ease on down the road. <laughs> Hello, this is Kyle, your favorite co-host of the social ninjas podcast. Don't worry. I won't tell Jeremy. Uh, I just want to share with you all this really awesome mental health app designed specifically for men. So we all know that mental well-being takes practice, it takes strength, and it takes vulnerability, which for us men is sometimes kind of hard. It's not something that we fix, it's something that we honor, and no man needs to do that alone. That's where the Tether app comes into play. It's an area to practice those skills. With the app, you get access to peer programming, content, and a 24-7 support network where you can support other men and be supported yourself. It's not just a place to come when you're having a bad day. It's for every single day, and we celebrate a lot in the app. It's available on the App Store and Google Play Store for free. All you got to do is go check it out, go download it. It is the Tether app, and that's T-E-T-H-R. Go download it right now, then come back to the podcast and listen. So I have a question just more on the negotiation stuff that you do. So Jeremy and I both struggle with social anxiety, and I don't know if this is true for you, Jeremy, but it is for me. I know in the past and sometimes still, negotiating can be pretty uncomfortable. I know for a lot of people with anxiety it is. I just wonder if you had had any tips for maybe breaking through that that barrier, that uh, that comfort zone and getting into that negotiation stage, whether it's asking for that promotion or, um, you know, uh, hassling somebody at a yard sale, even 
Uh, do you have any tips for that? Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> you and you alone define your value. And, um, it, you, you know, one of the greatest pieces of advice that somebody ever gave me was that people will think what you tell them to think. And um, I, the lesson, how I came to learn that lesson uh, was um, when I was um, years ago, I had practiced law for a period of time. And then I went and I spent a couple of years um, as, a, as like a wealth advisor for Morgan Stanley. Like I had my series seven and my 66 and I thought, oh, I'll have better hours. This is my, when my daughter was um, young and I thought, oh, you know, I'll have better hours and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, it didn't work out that way. And so um, a friend of mine was like leaving town to go start to move. And she was a lawyer and she was, she had a little small practice, a handful of clients. And she was like, going to give me her clients and, you know, leave town. And it was like, not a very big practice, but it was like enough for me to like, okay, I could start a practice, have the lights on, you know, maybe, you know, feed myself and like get going. Right. But I was, I started working with this uh, business coach and I said to this business coach, I'm like, ah, oh, the people in this town are going to think that I am like the biggest flake. Like I went from a lawyer, now I'm a wealth advisor, now I'm back to being a lawyer. Ugh. Like I was like so embarrassed, like that I was like such a big flake, right? And um, she said to me, people will think what you tell them to think. And I looked at her and she goes, they could think you're a flake or they could think you're the only family law attorney that has a financial background. So therefore you're more qualified than any other family law attorney in town. Um, so which is it? Which one are you going to tell them to think? And I was like, oh, okay. I guess I'll tell them to think uh, option B. <laughs> Right. And so I, I decided to go with that. Right. And I can't tell you how many people like came in and was like, Oh, I'm hiring you. Cause you're the only family law attorney that has like the, uh, this financial background. And it was like magic. And, and I just, it was such a great lesson for me because, you know, when you go to negotiate or when you're just anywhere you're showing up, anywhere you're showing up, any room you're showing up in, people will think what you're telling them to think. I love that. It just makes me think of, just, I'm very confident. I'm a good leader. I always talk about that, like just practicing that way of being, people will still think it as well. Um, I want to kind of take a step back. I'm really curious about, you said you went from not many followers on YouTube to over 200,000 in like a year, year and a half. And for well, me personally, close to. I have like 186,000 right now. Yeah. I'll count it. I'll count it. You told me you think it. So I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. I, um, for me personally, like, I was like featured on news and I got like a certain amount of followers, not that much, but for me personally, like I was very uncomfortable and 
it was I didn't like it. Like you think you, you want to go viral, and once you, you get that feature and you start raising your attention, for me personally, I didn't like it. I'm curious if you kind of had a similar um, experience or and how you dealt with it. Um, I don't have like an awareness of it. I don't think some most of the time because it's just sort of me in my house doing these videos, you know, um, a couple of times, um, it's starting to, I'm starting to have an awareness of it. Um, you know, I was walking, um, you're, you know, you, you're familiar with the area here. So I was walking on the strand once, uh, here. And I also was out at a restaurant, um, near here. Um, just, these are just in the past couple of months and, uh, and, and, and both times, um, somebody's people, two people have come up to me that I don't know who recognized me now from my videos and have like, thanked me for saving their lives. And, and that's like, kind of like wild. Um, and, and that, that's where it's starting to have an awareness for me that like, oh, people are watching. Like I see the numbers but it's not, doesn't really quite always compute because it's not like I'm actually, I don't know. It's not like I'm seeing the people. I, I, maybe it's just a little bit of a disconnect. Yeah, you're not getting that direct feedback. Yeah, I mean, I see the numbers and I see people, you know, they comment on the videos and things, but um, I don't know. I, I just don't, um, I don't feel, I don't like, I, I don't feel any sense of discomfort. I mean, it, it is a little weird because one of my videos did uh, a couple months ago went over a million views and that was like, well, that's pretty crazy, you know? Uh, I heard you say, you know, people writing comments and just made me think, do you ever, or one, do you ever read them? And then if you do read them, do you ever get any like hate comments, you know, people trolling you? And if so, how do you deal with that mentally? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I definitely do read them. I mean, I don't sit there and read all of them. I, there's no way I could keep up with all of them now at this point. At the beginning, uh, when I first started doing videos, I was like, oh, drop me a comment. I will read all of them and I will respond to all of them, you know, never having an awareness that it would turn into like this many, you know. Um, and, and then, you know, after a little bit, people were like, you said you'd respond to all of them. And we're like, oh, there's no way I could potentially do that. Be careful what you say for all of those who are out there. Like, <laughs> you know, because there's sometimes, you know, you know, remember that you may not be able to keep up with that. Um, but um, I, yeah, there's definitely always going to be, you know, there's all every day there's people out there saying, oh, you definitely must be the narcissist since you're talking about it or whatever. And I'm always like thinking, well, you know what? Haters are going to hate. I mean, that's what they're going to do. Right. So. It's so true. When, when someone says something really mean, I'll always be like, oh, thank you so much for your energy. <laughs> it takes a lot of energy to hate someone. Like the opposite of love is not 
hate, it's indifference. So it's, oh, thank you so much for caring so much to hate me. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, especially the ones that like take the time to like email, like how much <laughs> they hate or something. It's like, wow, you must really. Um, but I mean, I just think of it as like haters gonna hate. I mean, that's what they do, right? So whatever. It reminds me of a, an old guest that we had on before. Uh, Abe Heisler, I think it was, he said, uh, you aren't being your true authentic self if you have no haters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, um, and, and somebody else said to me one time, like that, um, that somebody had said to her, oh, you're not big enough yet, you know, if you don't have like haters or something like, you, you know that you're getting to a certain level if you start to have haters. <laughs> True. Yeah, I was thinking it's so true. I remember one time I went to I went to um, like a retreat and I was feeling so fired up. Like I feel so, I love myself so much right now. I just want to post some like vulnerable stuff. And then I posted and like someone told me that I posted something really vulnerable and real, and I got some hate comment. I'm like, oh yes, yes, I'm big deal now. <laughs> I was like happy about it. Yeah, I mean, I know. So yeah, definitely. I mean, and uh, I mean, and, and and like, there's some other, you know, like people in the space that like get like jealous and stuff too, and whatever. And I mean, it is what it is. You can't you can't worry about that. Like, you know, I, I have a friend who talks about like the 25% rule, like 25% of the people who are gonna are gonna love you. 25% of the people in the world are. No matter what you do, they're, they're, they're going to hate you. And then there's like the 25% that might, you know, jump on the love you, you know, bandwagon or the 25% that might jump on the hate you bandwagon, you know, just focus on the 25% that are going to love you. And that's that, right? Nice. That's I like a that. lot of people. Like if there's seven or 8 billion people in the world, that's like 2 billion people. You know, that's a lot. No, it's it's a good uh, strategy and just really like mindset to have, especially when you're doing stuff like this and you're, you know, putting yourself out there and, you know, being vulnerable and sharing all this stuff. I was curious, did you, do you do anything else to, um, how do I want to phrase, like uh, keep your mindset at like at an optimal level or anything that you do for your mental health? Oh, yeah, I always joke that um, my thoughts are really not allowed to be left unsupervised. <laughs> Any more? <laughs> I mean, I try to always like be listening to something positive or good. Like if I especially, you know, in the downtimes, like what I call the downtimes, like you know, walking the dog or, you know, um, driving the car or um, cooking dinner, doing dishes, you know, getting ready in the morning or, um, you know, just anytime, you know, if I'm working or I'm talking to people, you know, doing stuff like this, you know, my thoughts are directed, right? But if I'm in a place where my thoughts are allowed to be, you know, wonder, um, I have to make sure that I'm, you know, the input is good so that the output is good. 
Do you ever just sit in your thoughts and just see what happens? I mean, I try to meditate, you know, in the morning and, and that sort of thing. Um, but, um, and, and, you know, I, I think I'm much better than I used to be as far as recognizing when um, a thought is not serving me, you know, than, than I used to be, you know, like recognizing like, oh, okay, I see you. You're just a thought. You're just a beam of energy that's like in my head. You're not real. Thoughts are just energy. Like, and and just processing what that is instead of really like allowing it to go there. And this you know. so this this reminds me of a hater. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, exactly. But you know, it doesn't mean that I'm always successful. I mean you know, I'm a human being, right? So, um, you know, it doesn't mean that I, I don't go down the dark alley sometimes, but I try not to. <laughs> yeah, I like what you said about, you know, you have better awareness now when, when you do have those thoughts. And uh, you said you practice meditation. I know for me, when I started practicing meditation, that was like the biggest thing that I noticed was I started to like, notice and have awareness of these thoughts that were just basically running on autopilot about myself. And I didn't realize it until I started meditating. And I was like, oh, okay. Like it was so helpful once you bring awareness to that. Yeah. And you know, like nobody, I, I realized like nobody could be like as mean to me as like I probably am to myself, like way worse to myself than, you know, I think probably in a lot of ways, you know, I don't know. I think we're way harder on ourselves. Yeah, we're, we're our biggest critics, right? Yeah. This huge resonation with that dynamic. Like when I was, when I was, me, when I was meaner to myself, I listened to those people a lot more because it matched how I thought of myself. It was I remember exactly. a moment when I started treating myself a lot better and the people would be mean to me, I, I like, wouldn't even compute. Like, oh, it doesn't match how I believe in myself. So I just, it would just bounce off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, what are they seeing there? They must be seeing that thing in me. That's like, there's something wrong, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. So Rebecca, if you had one message that you could send to everybody in the world, what would it be? I think it goes back to what we started touching on a little bit, but, you know, when, you, when, it, when it comes to negotiating, you know, I say that at least 50% of it is your mindset, but, you know, it's probably more like 99% is your mindset. I mean, there's so much that goes into, you know, research and leverage and strategy and all of that sort of thing too. But, you know, you and you alone define your value, your mindset, you know, um, you telling people what to think and you showing up as the greatest version of yourself and all this stuff that we're talking about here now means so, so much. And, um, you know, my dad used to say, whatever you say, say it with authority and people will believe you, but you know, you, you can't even get to that place unless you feel that power within you. So I think that part of it is so, so important. Quote of the day, you tell people what to think. I like that a lot. Good answer. <laughs> I want to put that on the billboard outside right now. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, thank you so, so much for uh, joining us on the Social Ninjas podcast. Thank you for having me. For the human beings who are still listening, which is probably like 10 billion, uh, <laughs> where can they find you on the interwebs? Uh, well, I have a free giveaway, which is the free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet, which um, many thousands of people have gotten. And you can, and anybody who's listening can have at winmynegotiation.com. Just winmynegotiation.com and it's yours for free. Um, check out my YouTube at, um, I mean, honestly, if you just type, go to YouTube and type in negotiate with a narcissist, I will definitely pop up. Uh, but you can just go to youtube.com uh, and then Rebecca Zung, ESQ, uh, is my URL there as well. Um, I'm on Instagram, Rebecca Zung. Uh, I'm everywhere, so um, that's me. Awesome, beautiful. Well, thank you for coming on the show, being open and vulnerable with us and sharing some of your stories. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And we think everybody listened, probably got a, a lot out of this. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Until next week, we will see you then.